Hello and welcome to The Silver King's War. I'm Michael Sievers, the writer, producer, and creator of this podcast series about my father's Second World War as a B-26 bombardier. Today we continue The Silver King's letters from Gunnery School near Las Vegas, Nevada. He's deep into his work. It's August of 1943. Stanley, our hero, is working hard and battling the heat as he writes to his family on Wednesday, August 4th, 1943. Dearest ones, received both of your letters and, as usual, so happy to hear from you. Dad, I'm glad you've gotten over the cold. I know it was because Mother wasn't there. Please don't work so hard during these hot days. I am really worn out from these past three days. I'm sorry I haven't written before now. I'm trying to sneak this in before taps, which is in a few minutes. I just got back from the night classes. Our days are so full that our CO had to have one of our classes canceled today so we could get to the PX for toilet articles. That's how busy we are kept. I was out on the range all morning firing twenty-two rifles and thirty and fifty caliber machine guns. I'm glad we have it in the morning as it's a little cooler. The afternoons go up as high as 160 and there isn't any shade at all. It's tough all right, but I'm learning something that will help me if I get into combat. I'm proud to tell you that I had high score for my flight shooting, the twenty-two rifles. I'm quite a sharpshooter with it. The thirty and fifty caliber machine guns we are using now are to teach us the malfunctions that could happen. There are twenty of them, and I must know the cause and cure for each of them. After I learn this, I'll probably start shooting them for scores. I only have one week and these days left of ground school. The last two weeks here are spent firing the guns from airplanes, and that should be a lot of fun. My grades up to now are very good. I have a 98 average in all my courses, so shouldn't have any trouble getting through okay. I don't think I told you I had to take apart and put together the fifty caliber machine gun blindfolded. It was some job, but I managed to do it in 30 minutes, and that was good for a grade of 100. Not bad, huh? Please don't worry about me. Aside from being tired, I feel swell. The heat is terrific, but I'm taking it okay. It will take more than that to get the best of me. I haven't much longer here, anyhow. Mother, you needn't bother with the moccasins. I didn't know you needed a stamp. Perhaps I can get some at the next stop. It's a pity about Blue May. I can imagine what she has to put up with. The Chicago idea is ridiculous. She should know better than that. I'm enclosing a cartoon you might put in my scrapbook.
It describes the plane and my haircut, too. Please take care of yourselves and be well. I'll write again as soon as I can, and you do the same. Love to Ida. I love you and I miss you. Stan. Stanley continues to count the days and weeks as he writes to his family on Sunday, August 8th, 1943. Dearest ones, another week gone, only three to go. Next Sunday, the squadron will go to a place about 30 miles from here called Indian Springs. We'll be there for a week flying the advanced trainers. And from what I gather, it's a small camp with an airfield. We'll take a few clothes for the week as we'll be sleeping there. It should be a lot of fun shooting at the targets that are towed by other planes. The trainers are like pursuit ships big enough for only the pilot and gunner. The gunner rides in the rear seat, firing a flexible thirty caliber machine gun. I hope I don't shoot up my own plane. The last week we come back home to fire from the bombers. We'll be shooting the fifty caliber machine guns then from a turret just as are used in combat. Graduation will be on a Monday, and we should ship out on Tuesday. That is, if there is a school open. If not, we'll have to hang around here a few more days. I was in town last night again. The entire squadron went in a convoy. The camp furnishes buses to take us in and bring us back. It was a pleasant surprise, as I hadn't heard of anything like that before. I was at the El Rancho, Vegas, El Cortez, and the Apache. Had lots of fun, but still couldn't win any money. There isn't much more new. I hope the dentist wasn't too rough on you, Mother. I am glad you had it taken care of. I wish I could have sent you a picture of my haircut, but there isn't any place to have one taken. It's almost civilized looking now. It's swell hearing from you so often. Please keep writing. I'll write you every chance I get. Keep well. Love to Ida. I love you and miss you, Stan. Stanley continues to get steady news from home, and not all of it good, as he writes on Wednesday, August 11, 1943. Dearest ones, Received your letter this afternoon and feel terrible after reading its contents. I had thought Mr. B was doing so well that his progress was steady. It certainly came as a surprise. I'm glad you decided to make the trip, as I'm sure Leona wants you there. However, I pray to God you found him much better. I feel confident that with his spirit and determination— he will pull out of this as he did before. Please write me every chance you have, as I shall be worried and anxious to hear all. Was out on the range all morning, just wasting all kinds of ammunition. Out of 400 rounds of thirty and fifty caliber, I got 136 hits. That doesn't sound like a whole lot, does it? Confidentially, it isn't. 
I should be doing better than that, even if it is one of the highest scores in my flight. All scores are marked on the class average, so mine is a pretty good one. Next week, though, when I fire air-to-air, is what will really count. No other news. Am feeling fine and slowly forgetting the heat. Take care. Keep well. Right soon. Love to all. I love you and miss you. Stan. Stanley writes to his family from Indian Springs on Sunday, August 15, 1943. Mother dearest, I don't have to tell you what a terrible shock it was to learn of Mr. B's death. I hardly know what to say. It's God's will, and we must accept it. Perhaps with the suffering he had on this earth, he is much better off. I wrote Cece a letter. I think it was the most difficult thing I've ever attempted. I just didn't know what to say or how to say it. Maybe she'll know what I meant anyhow. I hope she and Lee aren't taking it too bad. It must be quite a relief for Leona to have you there. It's Monday now. I didn't have time to finish this before lights went out last night. This is quite a place. We came up yesterday morning in buses, and being only 43 miles from the base, it wasn't a bad ride. There isn't much here, just a few barracks and a landing field. Only one squadron is here at a time, so you know it can't be very large. It's located right in the middle of the desert and mountains, and I mean in the middle. The closest town is Las Vegas, and that being 40 miles away. The only thing here besides the camp is a small ranch across the highway. It's the only vegetation for miles around. Even so, it's a beautiful country. The sunsets look like paintings, and the elevation is over 3,000 feet, and it's delightfully cool all day. Believe me, it's a relief from the heat. Sleeping is terrific. I can hardly wait to hit the sack at night. Sack is the army slang for bed. In fact, I used a blanket last night. Ah, it's wonderful. This morning I had my first airplane ride since April. It was really swell to get in the air again. I had the feeling of a bird escaping from a cage, as free as the air. The planes we use are swell. They are the same as the ones used in advanced training of pilots and are a lot like pursuit ships. I didn't do any firing. It was only a dry run to acquaint me with the different phases I must go through. I think I'm going to like it a great deal. Six planes take off in formation. One as the tow ship with the target, and the other five with students. We go up to about 10,000 feet and then peel off one at a time to make a run on the target. The target is on the end of a cable 700 feet from the tow plane. It's 20 feet long and 4 feet wide. That may seem fairly large to you, 
but to me in the air, it looks about the size of a cigarette paper. The gun I use is a flexible 30 caliber mounted on the side of the ship. To fire it, I must stand up and with my long legs, it's a job. Besides that, the wind is blowing like mad and the gun and the plane bounce around like rubber balls. I'm afraid it isn't going to be so easy hitting the target. Tomorrow I fire 200 rounds, so we'll get a better idea of it. This afternoon I had ground school, more turrets and aircraft recognition. I think it's mostly to keep us busy when we aren't flying. Also this afternoon we went out on a range estimation mission. Dummy guns were set up and a plane would come in at us at about 100 feet to give you an idea of what it's really like in combat. From this, you learn to track your target, and you can tell just how far away he is by how much of the sight line he fills. It's all very practical. Now I've tried to tell you all that I'm doing. I hope you can understand it. I almost forgot. Due to the small number of permanent personnel here, the students pull KP. Naturally, there wasn't any time wasted in getting me on a detail. I served the noon meal, and it wasn't too bad because it only lasted two hours. I shouldn't have to do that again, I hope. Take care of yourself, dear. Please write as often as you can. And if you happen to know, please let me know how many bonds you have received to date. You should have three and maybe four. Give my love to everyone. I love you and miss you. Stan. This is the end of the Silver King's letters from... Las Vegas, Part 3. Stanley's clear concern and empathy for his sister Leona's family, her husband Lee Bernstein's father had just died, and times were difficult. And you are listening to The Silver King's War.